Welcome everyone to another episode of Elbow Side Podcast. This is part two of questions that you should be asking instead of these common questions that white belts ask. I should have came up with a better intro than this, but it's okay. So, <laughs> so starting off straight back into it, training frequency. This is a question that I ask myself sometimes, and it is a question that a lot of white belts ask, you know, about training frequency. And, it, you know, it's like, <clears throat> is it okay to train once a week, twice a week, three times a week, uh, whatever it is? And I think a better question to ask is what is the ideal, what is the ideal training frequency for progression? And most people will probably say, and that's kind of wordy, I guess you could just say, you know, how often should I train to get better? Mm, well, not really even that. I guess like what, you know, what is the bare minimum you, I should train to progress in jujitsu or whatnot? And I think most people will say two to three times a week. Three will probably be better than two, but for some of us, it's just not possible. And I think this is a great question because you don't need to train four or five times a week in jujitsu if you are very targeted and you are very uh, specific and goal-oriented for your jujitsu journey. So what I mean by that is you can train two times a week and get really good at jujitsu if you are very focused in each class, each role. You know, you have a goal for each, each time you step on that mat. You know, if you are going into class training two times a week and you're just lollygagging, you're just doing whatever during it, then you're, it doesn't matter if you train five times a week if you're not in training with intent. So just keep that in mind. And the nice thing about this is it encourages white belts to think about uh, training in the context of their goals and, you know, promoting more of a uh, strategic approach to how they want to train. Because if you are thinking about, you know, hey, I want to be a world champ, then training two times a week probably isn't uh, going to work. If you want to or prom get promoted at, to the next belt rank, but you're training two times a week here, a week here, you know, three times here, then that's probably not going to work for your goal. So whatever your goal is, think about what the training frequency is that you should for have for that goal. It also focuses you on like the long-term uh, perspective of your goal because if you are trying to train five times a week and you're you're not thinking about the the long term then you could burn yourself out by training five times a week or you could get the blue belt blues or you know demotivated when you can't train five times a week like you used to do so it allows you to be committed to more of a uh, consistent improvement instead of just a hammering it through, trying to train as much as possible. Also, it opens up doors for discussion about like individual training schedules based on the goals and like your available time. Like I mentioned, if you go to an academy, you need to focus on the first thing you should focus on is if it fits your lifestyle. So, <clears throat> so if it doesn't fit your lifestyle, then it's not a good academy for you. If it doesn't have classes that fit your work schedule or, you know, your kids 
programs or extracurricular activities, then it's not for you. Then it doesn't matter how much training frequency you have if you never can make it there, if that makes sense. So instead of asking, is it okay for me to train two, three, four, five times a week? Instead, ask, what is the ideal training frequency for my progression, for my goals, for whatever you want to do in your journey? And I think that's going to help you be more okay with how little or how much you should be training. So just keep that in mind when you're asking that question. Next one, hot topic. People ask all the time, should I train gi or no gi? Look, it, you should train both, to tell you the truth. But, you know, I think I think a better question is, what are the benefits of gi and no gi training? So how how can I benefit from training no gi? How can I benefit from training in the gi? And once again, it kind of like goes back to, you know, what, what your goals are, you know, and the, the, one of the nice things about asking the question of what are the benefits of gi or no gi training, it encourages like you to consider the advantages of both training aspects. And, you know, it leads you to making a more of a, I guess, like informed choice, because if you feel your gi game is good, but you kind of want to focus on nogi, then it, you know it's it's good to know the benefits of nogi, but sticking with gi also. I don't know that doesn't really make sense to me, but I'm gonna stick with it. <laughs> uh, and it you know it recognizes the skill development that each has. So you know gi and nogi are very different, but they also do have a lot of similarities. And you know it allows you to build the unique skill sets and strategies that you know come with each each style of grappling. And it promotes flexibility in your training and uh, allows you to have, you know, a little bit, a little bit of a different, a little bit of different take on jujitsu, right? You're like, oh, God, I trained all gi for the last three months. I think I'm going to start training no gi. Uh, so, you know, it, understanding the benefits of both, you know, instead of asking, should I train gi or no gi, but under, instead of understanding what are the benefits of gi and no gi, I think will make you want to train one or the other more or be able to be more okay with bouncing back and forth. Next question is setting towards setting goals. And it's kind of similar to how can I get my blue belt, but instead it's how do I get promoted? And this one is more of, you know, how do I get my stripes or how do I get my next belt or something like that? But instead you should say, what should my training goals be besides promotions? Because once again, like I mentioned before, I think this opens up more of a conversation between you and your coach or professor or whoever runs the class that you are looking at the broader picture of grappling. You're looking at more than just what's the taking up two inches around your waist. And I think that honestly puts you in a better light with your coach also because it allows them to see that you want to learn more than what it takes to get promoted to the next belt if that makes sense so you have a more of a learner's mindset instead of that entitlement that I talked about earlier and you know asking this um this question also allows you know white belts blue belts whatever to think uh, beyond belt promotions and focus more on improving their overall skill and knowledge. <clears throat> I always mention it. Thomas Rosinski talked about it with us. You know, belts don't matter. Uh, 
you know, they do, but they don't because at the end of the day, your, your skill isn't based on what's tied around your belt or what's tied around your waist. Your skill is based on you as a practitioner and what you're willing to do to help yourself grow. And, you know, and when you ask this question also, it helps, you know, set a long-term growth instead of, you know, how do I get to this next belt? And then you're like, you get there and you're like, okay, but how do I get to the next belt? So they're, you know, a little bit of a shorter term goal and it shifts the focus to like a continuous learning and development rather than just like seeking for external recognition through a new belt tied around your waist, if that makes sense. And then finally, it recognizes that everyone's jujitsu journey is unique. You know, like individual goals should reflect what your personal aspirations are and the areas that you want to improve on. So <clears throat> having a belt as a goal is a good thing. I'm not, I, I never will say it's a bad thing, but focusing too much on that belt is going to make you put horse blinders on to things that you should probably focusing on more than just that belt. So instead of asking, how do I get promoted? Instead, ask, what should my training goals be besides getting that belt promotion. And then maybe maybe your professor's eyes are going to light up like, oh my God, this isn't just another stupid white belt. Oh my God, this isn't just another blue belt that's going to quit once I give it to them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> It allows you to like kind of give that mindset shift for everyone involved in the question. And this, this next question is something that I definitely have asked before in the middle of class. Our professor one time was asking, hey, what, what do you guys have issues with and i raised my hand and i was like how do i get past someone's guard that is six five 220 pounds and is built like a spider and i was making a, a, a joke towards cody our gym owner and and our professor would kind of like laughed about it and he he kind of went over a couple ways that he passes the guard but i think a better way to 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 ask this question is to say, how can you suggest any strategies to develop my game against opponents similar to whoever? And that's going to allow your, your coach to be like, yeah, I think, I think one thing that you're doing wrong is when you're trying to pressure past this person, your hips are too high or someone similar to that body style, uh, you know, if you do this, then you can have it, you know, it empowers you to improve and uh it takes owner it makes you take ownership of the progression by seeking strategies and skills for you know certain body styles when i was in my first competition i told you guys that one of the guys i went against was built very similar to cody a little bit skinnier than cody but yeah he was like 6263 and in my mind i was like i always go against cody who's very similar to this i should have an easy problem Little did I know my gas tank was at negative zero or negative, Jesus, was at a negative in the, the gas gauge. So it didn't matter the strategies that I did have. I just, I wasn't going to beat that guy. But, you know, it, it, it's good to understand there are similar body styles out there and key, key strategies to helping get past those body styles is, is great also. And it also promotes a more of a positive collaboration because instead of having a competition uh, against that person, trying to beat that person, it's more of a collaboration because you're trying to use that person now as a learning point against 
uh, future people similar to them. Like I mentioned how I tried to use Cody, uh, the way I roll against Cody against that, that blue belt that I trained against, they were very similar body styles. So instead of me, like, how do I beat Cody? Now it's like, how do I build strategies around that body style in order to beat them or in order to get past their guard or whatever it is that I have for them. And then it also acknowledges that the goal is not just to beat a specific teammate, like I mentioned, but to continuously improve in your jiu-jitsu journey and build <clears throat> foundational skills against you know everyone. So just keep that in mind. And like I mentioned earlier, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. It's October. Balloween and today Manscaped wants to bring your face to the cleanest shave it's ever seen with the new Manscaped handyman this thing is great <clears throat> I absolutely love this thing like I mentioned before I use it on my neck after I use my beard hedger and it's lightweight it's great and I use it after beard hedger pro kit if you guys haven't gotten this thing this thing is a monster if you have a little bit more of a teen wolf look to you this thing has 20 different cutting lengths. It comes with a brush, beard oil, uh, beard shampoo, a comb, beard balm, beard conditioner, all in one sweet package. And I absolutely love it. It makes me feel more confident. And you know, it's, it's, it's always great going to your jujitsu class, feeling great, looking great, right? Cause look good, roll good. You know what I'm saying? So if you guys want, be sure to go to manscape.com and get 20% off and free shipping with code ETP 20. Once again, get 20% off with a uh, free shipping at manscape.com using code ETP 20 for a look as sweet as candy. Get yourself the handyman with manscaped. And this this next question I think is pretty pretty important. Also, uh, it is something that I was close to asking my coach when I first started about first started thinking about competing. And it's, do you think I would do good in a tournament or in competition or whatever? And your professor might be honest with you, and they might say yes or no. Uh, I, but I think most people will say the only way to find out is to compete. And I think a better question to get more of a targeted answer, like I mentioned before, is what should I work on to prepare for my first competition? Because then you are giving people the opportunity to be more goal-oriented and focus on specific areas uh, for improvement in your competition instead of just saying, hey, do you think I'll do good? And then kind of like building that false hope or false positive that you know other people will think you do good. And it also shifts the mindset from seeking for, once again, external validation instead to actively preparing for the challenge of competition because, because it, it is a, a big, big task stepping on those mats for the first time in a competition. It's scary. And, you know, it's, it is something that I think everyone should do maybe just once. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. And I wish I would have did it at White Belt, but, you know, having that, that mindset to think about uh, the mental preparedness for instead of the external validation that someone thinks you would be good at it, instead building those skills to get better at jujitsu, to be more confident to compete. And then it highlights the importance of uh, tournament-specific training and uh, to increase the chance of success. Like I mentioned before, a jujitsu competition is not just jujitsu. I don't. I don't agree with people when they say it's just jujitsu. It's just jujitsu. There is so much more that goes into competing that I didn't have any idea in. And you know, from having a crowd watch you, uh, not having a coach, having a coach, 
making way, the stress of going onto the mat, rolling against someone that you've never rolled before. There's a lot more that goes into it. Strategy. So instead of asking, do you think I would do good in a tournament? I think you should ask, what should I work on to prepare for my first tournament? You know, and if you compete or not, at least you are getting skills that will help you feel more confident in competing. The next one is, how do I modify this technique to make it easier for me? Uh, I think people ask this question or try to find a way to make it work for them too fast, especially as white belts, instead of just trying the technique in different aspects and just trying to understand it better before trying to modify it. Because uh, I know for me, for sure, a lot of the times it wasn't me, it wasn't my body's type not working with the technique it was me just not understanding the basic concepts behind the technique or submission and then applying those to make it work better like i used to think i had a hard time triangling but really it was just me not raising my hips enough me not getting enough bite with my calf on the back of someone you know what i mean so there's there's now your body does play into it and that's why i think a better uh way to ask this question is how long should i try this technique before trying to modify it for my body because then it it you know it emphasizes the importance of patience and persistence in mastering a technique before making modifications because like i mentioned you might just not be doing it right and you might not just understand how your body moves for that technique or whatever it is and instead of thinking, oh, it's just not for me, I think it now shifts to uh, more of a understanding of what the technique is. Also, it uh, recognizes that proper execute, execution should be the initial goal and modification should come after understanding the technique. So once again, you know, I've tried it. I've, I'm, I think I'm getting... Uh, I'm doing it right. It's just still not hitting. You know what I mean? Then go over to uh, modifying it for you or um, something like that. I think as white belts, a lot of times we we are quick to jump on. This doesn't work for me instead of you know just trying to get proficient at it as much as possible. And then finally, encourages white belts to predatory safety and effective execution of technique over hasty modifications that may compromise their effectiveness. For the final one, if you guys have made it to EBI Overtime, thank you so much. Don't forget to go join the Elbros page or Facebook community over on Facebook. <laughs> said that twice. Uh, and also don't forget to check out all the sponsors down below. Um, and this one ties into you know, improved mindset. And instead of asking the question of how do I get better at jujitsu or how can it, or what can I do to get better? I think a better question, this comes from Zach. We interviewed him a while ago over down in Arizona. He, he brought up a question that was like, man, that is so good. And I saved it for last, but how, what can I do to give you a harder time? So say you're rolling against someone and they keep submitting you, they keep passing your guard or whatever it is. Uh, I think it's a better question to ask, how can I give you a harder time during our roles? And uh, this is just such a better, better question in general because it allows even your training partners to give you insight on what they're doing and to help you build your game around certain things that they might be doing. It also uh, you know, encourages to actively seek ways to challenge 
your training partners and yourself, right? Because if you are asking them, how can I be a harder role for you? You are now opening up the doors to being a more of a formidable opponent against them. So it helps them grow as a practitioner too. So just keep that in mind. If you're asking someone that always submits you or whatever, and you're like, dude, how can I just give you a harder time? What can I do to just make the role go a little bit more difficult for you? Then they're going to they're gonna be able to grow from your training with them also. And then also it promotes an idea of um, improvement that comes from pushing one's own limits and consistently seeking growth. And then uh, finally, it fosters a positive training environment where everyone benefits from a collaborative pursuit of excellence. So if you're constantly trying to give everyone a harder time, everyone's going to grow from that. You know, rising tide lifts all ships, you know, steel sharpens steels. We all hear these analogies. And if you're willing to sharpen your steel, someone else is going to be able to sharpen their steel off of you. So just keep that in mind when you guys are rolling against people. Instead of saying, how can I get better at jujitsu or how can I stop this? or whatever it is, instead ask, how can I give you a harder time during our jiu-jitsu roles? And I think you're going to be able to have a good conversation with people. Like I always mention, conversational jiu-jitsu is great. And um, and I think that's going to ultimately help you and everyone grow even more. So if this was a, a topic that you guys enjoyed or a series that you enjoyed, uh, thank you. You know, Let me know down in the comments below. Uh, you know, in conclusion, asking the right questions and seeking meaningful goals and answers are essential to your growth in your jujitsu journey, especially as a white belt. Don't ask generalized questions. Ask targeted, specific questions on things that you are having a hard time with. If you ask a general question, you're going to get a general answer. And by focusing uh, on informed decisions, holistic improvement, and a proactive mindset, you'll enhance your learning experience and progress more effectively in the gentle art. And I think if you are willing to approach your training in a new mindset, it's gonna be it's gonna be a game changer, guys. So think about these questions. Think about how you are approaching asking questions in your jujitsu class. Think about how you are approaching your journey as a practitioner. And yeah, guys, let me know what you guys think down in the comments below. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Uh, everything's going to be down in the uh, description if you want to follow us everywhere. Elbows tight everywhere. And uh, I'll catch you later. Peace.